Hey, Peaches. Hey, Peaches. Welcome back for another episode of the Let's Talk Peaches podcast, where all humans come to have raw, authentic, respectful, and open conversations about various topics. Nothing is off the table. All topics are welcome. So get ready to dive in and explore the uplifting as well as the extremely uncomfortable. If you're new, thank you so much for tuning in and welcome. And if you're a returning peach... Thank you so much for tuning back in. We appreciate that so much. We appreciate that. We appreciate so much. That. So much appreciation. <laughs> for sure. For you. Okay. Hey, Peaches. Hi, Peaches. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Peaches, the podcast. This week, we are so very excited about our about our topic. Let's talk soulful careers. Between you and I, I am still t- a little bit unsure about the difference between a career and a soulful soulful career. Is there a difference? Is there a strict difference between a soulful soulful career coach and a regular career coach? So these are all things that we are going to learn together today as we dive into this topic and and dive I, into the uh, and start the and world start of soulful career and coaching. start speaking with our guest. Yeah. But one of the reasons why we wanted to get a career coach on here and do a little research on you know careers is because our unemployment episode is one of the highest performing episodes to date. It like it's still getting views. It's and that makes total sense. Yeah. You know? Everyone's you know we're still we're still dealing with. The same thing. Everything. We're yeah. still we're still dealing with a lot of the things that we were dealing back when that episode first came out. So There's, there are people that are still unemployed from back from getting let go back in March. So we hope this we want this to be an extension of that conversation. This is not f- just for the people that are employed right now. We believe that career doesn't necessarily mean employed. Um, I I believe that my career is multifaceted it has many different branches and um and I still believe I you know my career was still going while I was tech you know quote-unquote unemployed so this episode is for everyone everyone that has a career and I guess we'll get into it a little bit more with our guest as far as defining what a career is Moving through, moving into this topic, we wanted to bring back something that was said in the unemployment episode. So Stephanie Gerger mentions in that episode that a lot of us look at our careers as a way to get by and get money. Somewhere between deciding what we want to be when we grow up, like that magical moment of when you're a child, when, like getting excited about saying like, oh, I want to be an actor or oh, I want to be an astronaut or oh, I want to be an artist. Uh, we lose that excitement and it becomes, you know, somewhere along the line between that and getting a real job, quote unquote, real job, your first job, you it's it becomes more of a means to an end to get money to to do what you're supposed to be doing, all of these kind of more mundane things. And we've forgotten that it's supposed to be something that we love to do and something that we are supposed to be excited to get to go do every day. And so Nina, we asked Nina if she would come chat with us specifically because she is the master at aligning your soul with your career. She's bright and positive and not afraid to tell us what we need to hear. So hopefully we can learn a lot about how to align our souls with with our our careers. careers. Yeah. Ready to bring her in? I am. So yeah, our, our special guest this week is Nina, and we're really excited to have her on. We feel really honored and fortunate that 
she agreed to come on and chat with us about this topic. So really excited. And with that said, let's welcome Miss Nina. So we have Nina Sasson with us, and she's going to be talking to us about soulful careers and her soulful career, her soulful career coaching. It's um, kind of a tongue twister, soulful career. Career coaching. Yeah. So, <laughs> but first of all, we want to say thank you to Nina for coming on and chatting with us. We're super excited to learn more about how to tap into our inner power to have more productive careers and like also learn a little bit about what a career is to her. So, hi, Nina. Hi, dolls. We like to kind of start off by say asking you how your day is. Yeah, what's up, Peach? I mean, ladies, before I got on this, I did a little dance break. <gasps> yes. Nice. Yeah. Yes. By the way, crucial. That's like, I'm like, I'm just laying on the tips, tricks, and pointers right from the get because... <laughs> If you want to feel connected, at ease, sane during your workday, dance break is crucial. Crucial. <laughs> is there a specific theme of mood that the that the music needs to be? Like, would you suggest an upbeat song, a moody song, um, something like to Lizzo, move to? Hosier. Yeah. Or do we have some Cardi B? Or is it more yeah, like where, where Ed Sheeran, Lady Gaga? Sure. All all is applicable. My recommendation <laughs> is you go with something very intuitive. So like I'll keep it I'll keep it real with you. The first song that came up on my playlist, which by the way is labeled Shake Your Tush, Shake That Energy. Um <laughs> uh, the first song that came up was like a reggaeton, a Latin song, and like I just wasn't at that frequency. And then I like clicked next and it was Kill the Lights. Do you guys know that song? Not more. by name. It's a fabulous disco-driven song. So my point in sharing those details with you is that it really just needs to match where you are in the current moment, which is to say that a dance break is also a mindful practice, which is everything that I teach um, as part of being a soulful career coach, but how you lead a soulful career is really by loving yourself and practicing mindfulness capiche that's it (laughs) nice so you had a a little dance party today and love that lynn how 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 are you doing what's up with you doing well i'm like i'm i'm so ready for this for this episode i like just had a really busy week at work i know i'm gonna have a busy two weeks maybe even a busy couple of months at work so i'm really excited to to chat about this today and gain some tips on how to stay sane and not lose myself in the busyness of it all. But but ultimately, I feel good because I got a confirmation today that I was really, really hit, really, really stressed about. <laughs> so I'm good. How about you, Nick? Okay. Well, so same here. I I feel like my week has been very busy. Lynn and I have been taking on some extra projects that have arised from actually the podcast, which has been exciting. really uh, great. But we're tired, so <laughs> so it's it's all good stuff. But I think this episode is coming to Lynn and I at a really good time. It's like the universe knew. Yeah. It's like you knew when you selected your date when yeah. we would need you when we would need you most. <laughs> yeah. 
That's funny. I actually selected my date with you guys based on my cycle because I'm ovulating right now. And that's oh when I God. tend to communicate yeah. better. Oh, oh my God. My I gosh. love that. That's amazing. <laughs> I didn't know that that was a correlation. You communicate better when you're ovulating? Or is that just like a you've realized that about yourself? That is that is a general truth for women that we are more on fire and ignited during our ovulation time. And I, I believe that really understanding where you're at in your cycle and harnessing your own energy to your benefit in your career equals soulfulness, baby. I mean, just getting curious about where your body's at and pre-planning based off of what you know to be true about your body is the way to success. Love that. I need to get one of we need to get one of those apps immediately. Yeah. Like, and be more in tune with our cycle. Yeah. But because I'm not. That's amazing. I love that you did that. And thank you for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your experience and who you are and maybe what is a soulful career coach for those who don't know? Yeah, I'm more than happy to. Um So my name's Nina Sasson, which you gals so lovingly introduced me. (laughs) I am a soulful career coach. Uh, What that means is that I work with people who really are struggling in their work and in their career Um, because the truth is, is that, and this is from a Gallup poll, and it's definitely not the most accurate, but... (laughs) The truth of the Gallup poll is that 85% of Americans are disengaged in their jobs. And I could put a bet on it that it's probably even higher than that. Um, Mm -hmm. And when we, again, come back to the truth, because I'm all about that, is that we spend, if you're lucky, like even before this global pandemic and most folks working from home, If you were lucky, you worked a third of the day, meaning eight hours, right? Yeah. Right? And now that we're working from home, the life and the work are completely blending. And I would wager to say that the majority of folks that I work with speak to, but in the world, I can wager to say that most people are probably spending at least 50% of their day working. Mm. And If you're disengaged from how you're spending 50% of your day, oh, honey, I mean, what that means to me is that you're disengaged from life. (laughs) Yeah. And we're not here to be disengaged. We're here to be enlivened, to enjoy, to be in bliss, to harness our own power, to connect with people, to be in joy. That's what we're meant to do and to feel fucking great doing it. And um, if you're not feeling that way during your day, it's not going to happen for you in life. That's just the truth. So my point in sharing that is that my goal is to really help one person at a time or at least facilitate how we work with what we've already got right in front of us and turn it into something fabulous. So if that job is feeling uh, heavy, how do we look closer at what's working for us and pay more of our attention to that rather than what's not working for us? And we do that, two-prong approach, by loving ourselves more, which means honoring our time, showing up for ourselves as our own best friend, and the second prong is practicing mindfulness. 
So I'll leave it there because I'm sure we can just dive in on all that good good I I just provided. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) there are so many good goods there. I mean, I think it's so under uh, like underrated or like not thought of enough, like the idea of loving yourself and being your own best friend, you know, and then and then on top of that, that's so hard to do, I think, for a lot of people. Like, how do you be your own best friend or like how do you even start to build up that relationship with yourself? Yeah. I mean, was that a rhetorical question or do we, you want me to give some pointers, tips and tricks, baby? I mean, <laughs> you go for yeah, it. If, no, you if you have got tips them. and tricks, yeah. throw them at us, please. Oh, she got them. I mean, that's, that is the crux of, of what I teach. What that looks like is being curious about yourself because think about it. I don't know if either of you, and actually I, I am curious, I, and I'm sure your listeners are too. If you've had <laughs> anyone in your life that just was interested in you and asked you really how you're doing, not just the pish posh, how you doing, and people don't really want to hear the answer, but really that person that showed up for you. And you guys are sisters, so maybe you're that for one another. Um, But someone that's genuinely interested in who you are, what you think, how you feel, what turns you on, what turns you off. And if you could think about that person Often when we do, we smile or we feel safe, right? We feel safe. And it's the opportunity. We have this one life and we have an opportunity to show up for ourselves in that way. And what that looks like is through meditation, journaling, just taking a minute, even if you're going to the bathroom while you're peeing and going, oh, honey, oh, sweetheart, how are you today? What do you need right now? What's the kindest thing you I could do for myself in this moment? Mm-hmm. What yeah. projects at work do I love? What projects at work do I hate that I could delegate to somebody else? And that could then up-level their position at work, right? Mm, I love that. I also really relate to your bathroom situation. I feel like when I had – when work was – like I feel like office. I've been doing it less now and maybe I shouldn't. But like I, when I was at the office, anytime I would go to the bathroom or anytime I needed a me moment, I would either go for a walk or if I didn't have enough time to go for a walk. Take I a would, pee break. I would take a pee break and I would – and I would just – that was my personal little me break, <laughs> the, my me pee break. Mm-hmm. And just to, just to like – check in with myself and take a an emotional tally of where I'm at I didn't know that that was a tip or a trick but like it definitely helps me um in real life I feel as though I, sh- I want to start doing that again more taking mental you forget you forget because technically I'm home and I don't think to have those mental check-ins when I'm in my home but mm-hmm. home is work now, so or home is office, so. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. When you're sitting at an office, I and it's just habit. Oh, I'm going to get up and, like, go get a coffee, or oh, I'm going to get up and go do this. Mm-hmm. So it's all blended now. Yeah. But Right, which is why it's more important than ever to have a practice of coming back to yourself and really making, uh, making space for whatever's coming up for you, whether that's bliss, joy, or if it's despair or sadness and allowing ourselves to just make room for what's already here. And that then translates into the so much of the work um, that I do in career because 
often we experience a toxic relationship with a boss or working on projects that don't energize us or there's a bitchy client, right? Or that rude email. Girl, how many rude emails have we all gotten, right? As as per my last email. (laughs) Right. As per my last email basically means I'm not showing up for myself. Therefore, I'm projecting all of that onto everybody that I can email. Um, (laughs) Right. Yes, that was a full read right there. It was a full read. <laughs> um, but what I, right? But what I say to that is that often we just let that shit slide, right? Like, oh, okay, like uh, that bothered me. I'm not even going to look at it. Especially I, if it's a boss. I mean, you feel like you can't say anything, you know? You feel like you have to take something like that. Right. I mean, and that is an old story because that's actually not true. Um, but my point in sharing all of that around like really making space and room for what's not working and allowing ourselves to feel the things we generally don't want to feel, that often comes up in our jobs because they're very triggering. Um, and that is the doorway through to our own happiness is that if we allow ourselves to look at the scenarios that happen at work, whether it's being laid off and what that brings up for you as an individual, I listened. I listened to that episode about unemployment. Mm-hmm. That if you're feel, you know, you get laid off. What's interesting about all of that is, yes, there's so much opportunity, and you guys did discuss that. But even before the layoff time, it was like, what was really sticky for you? What parts of the job didn't you like so much? And it's being curious about why doesn't that resonate with me or why does that upset me? Or why does that make me feel like I'm not good enough? And in looking at that, we often realize that there are old stories and old habits that are getting in our own way that prevent us from setting ourselves free. But in its recognition, it then sets us free. I know that's a paradox, Um, but that's essentially what I work with clients on is what's coming up for you at work. What's pissing you the hell off? Let's look at that. And by looking at it, it sets you free, makes you feel more alive and gives you more energy to show up as authentic and saying yes to the projects that you want to say yes to and no to the ones that you're like, oh, hell no, that brings my vibe down. (laughs) <laughs> so I'll shut up because I really want to hear from the both of you. Okay. Like a little bit about our, our career stories? Well, I'm curious because I know that um, there was a layoff between the two of you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know that in your that one episode that you guys talked a bit about not feeling super pumped about the role before the layoff. Yes. So I'm curious if anything that I just brought up around the work that I do with clients resonated with either of you, both of you, or what came up there? Because that's the, that's the good stuff. Oh, right? totally. Yeah. yeah. And okay. So for our viewers, I'm raising my, Lindsay's raising her hand. I was the one that was laid off. Definitely what you said resume, resonated with me. And I almost like it, it was like, I, I knew I didn't love where I was. I knew that I was ready to leave, but even in recognizing it, it, I was having a hard time taking the steps to leave. And I don't know exactly, exactly why that was. I bet that like there's maybe I was just being comfortable. Yeah, I think the idea of not having a steady income when you're used to having one for so long is what scared you the most. I mean, that's just... And then on top of that, I didn't necessarily know where I wanted to pivot to. I don't know if you... 
if you know Nina, back in early July, I got a new job. So, oh. so I'm currently employed now, which okay. which I was really uh, felt very fortunate. I, f- I'm f- I feel really fortunate, and I was like really surprised. And I feel as though my team values my a- opinion, which I felt like I lost, especially in the last six months at my old job. Mm. You speak about having. And like, I'm going to be very vulnerable, everyone. But my last boss that I had, I really, I didn't feel valued. They didn't pump us up. They Mm -hmm. just, you know, I want to make the disclaimer that this is just my perspective. And other people may have very different opinions about their bossing styles. But for me, we really didn't meld well. And I had a, I'm pretty, I'm someone that doesn't really mind speaking up Mm -hmm. or letting someone know what I need. And especially this past year has just been, it's been crazy for everyone. But back in January, our mom was diagnosed with some serious health conditions and there was no support there. At work. Yeah, at work. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's a company and we need to figure out how, you know, they're going to be able to keep going if I need to take a step back. Mm -hmm. But it was, I felt like they were irritated with the fact that I might need to take some time to be with Mm -hmm. my family. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting, even as you um, talk about the relationship with the old boss, because Mm -hmm. it sounds like to me there's so many good, juicy nuggets for you, even just talking about how they, their lack of pumping up the team and also that trust in you. Um, So many of my clients work with the same things. So first off, I just want to tell you, you're not alone, which I'm sure you know intellectually, but sometimes just recognizing that like the like that stat I gave about 85% of people being disengaged at their job, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's like, first of all, you're not alone. This is, yes, there's unique shades of it to you, but at the crux of what we're talking about, the majority of people are challenged by the exact same thing that you experienced at your old job. And secondarily, anytime – And I think this could be really, uh, you know, if it lands with you beneficial in your new role at the ad agency is anytime you feel like you're not being pumped up or trusted is always a beautiful opportunity for us to go, am I pumping myself up? Do I trust myself? Mm -hmm. Um, Am I confident in the decisions that I'm making or am I am I confident in knowing that my life is unfolding exactly as it's supposed to? Can I trust that? Can I trust life? Can I trust myself? And how often am I looking in the mirror telling myself that I love and approve of myself and that, honey, I'm the best and I'm doing the best I can with the knowledge I have today and I got it going on. (laughs) Right? Oh, yeah. I think that's so important. Yes. So we bless that old boss wherever they are because Mm -hmm. what a beautiful opportunity for you to awaken to your own power. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to even dive in too much deeper into what it means to be a soulful career coach, but what we just talked about, that's what it is. I think that's the key. If you're in a sticky situation, it's an empowering moment for yourself. I can't, like, uh, there was so many moments back six months ago, eight months ago, where I had to be my own cheerleader and Mm -hmm. kind of 
put any negative comments that were coming my way to the side that I knew because, you know, this isn't the first boss that I've had. I know my work ethic. I know myself as a professional. I know what I'm capable of and I know what I need to work on. So not to say that the comments that were coming in were just not constructive criticism. And so sure. there's really nothing I couldn't I can do with anything that's not constructive criticism. So I put it aside and I do my best with what I have. Yes, um, and that's right. And move forward and move forward the best way for me because that's that's all we can do in the moment. Yes, that's right. And it all worked out for the best. <laughs> I, I really do think it was the universe's way of just putting you giving on a, me that kick in the rear really end. Really just like, yeah, kind of ca- a catalyst for getting you out of there and into your next chapter mm-hmm. because for some reason, yeah, you were having a hard time and making it, that move yourself, whether that, you know, be even just you taking the plunge and quitting or even I felt like you weren't totally on the applying for new job train as as much of I could have been on it more I was yeah. definitely doing it but you're doing it but it not more. as much as I need to get out of here because you were very unhappy I, I feel but just mm. as an outsider looking in those last six months were really rough for me because I I love being mentored I love learning from people that have lived it you know what I mean um, and I've had the pleasure of having such great mentors and I've used, you know, 90% of the time I have this great relationship with my bosses and my mentors. And I was really disappointed that I didn't create that relationship with this former boss. But mm. but you live, you, you, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> and honest, you know, I really feel as though the place where I am now is the complete opposite. My boss currently... If you're listening, mm. my boss and I'm, you know, not to my boss currently is, you know, just our great mentor for all mediums. Very aware that like everybody makes mistakes and I'm not no badgering and very like open floor to come to them with any problems it feels and very like let's work to work through this together. I feel as though the world worked in a really weird way there. It sure did. I mean, and also to the fact that you said that like it may not be uh, from the producing element, that's just the opportunity for you to up level and do things that are outside your job description and take 100%. on projects that ignite you and where you get to really strut your stuff because, honey, that's what we're here to do. We're here to strut. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I love it. Well, I'm happy that you're in a in a better place that is well suited for you. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Thanks, Pixel. <laughs> That's where I work now. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Lynn was the one who initially found you on Instagram, and she and she was like, "We need oh, to get her on the podcast." It was She's so, so cool. It was so um, th- like the universe because we were thinking about episode content and we were like we definitely want to do an episode on unemployment and then on top of that we want to do something with like career coaching of some kind um and then a couple of weeks later you followed one of my one of my accounts and so your name popped up and I was like oh my god what are the odds (laughs) and so I was I then was like we need to have her on I think it's a sign we need to have her on the podcast and so so when Lynn showed me like I was like soulful career coach. I was like, what is, what is soulful career coach? And <sighs> and so yeah, part of the happiness and part of having a successful, fulfilling career can be, you know, the money and like the thing that you're doing and where you're working. But then the other part of it is, do you how, how do you feel and are you really connected? And I think a lot of people don't think about that 
in the forefront of their mind, but it, it's probably the most important part. Yeah. For example, our friend who was on another episode, he went to school for marine biology and now he works at Planned Parenthood. And that's because that's what fulfills him and how he feels like it's the best use of his time and he feels really passionate and connected to it. So and I think right. that was a little scary for him to make that pivot because I just spent all of this money on my degree. But this is where I feel most productive with my life and most fulfilled. Yes. I mean, and mazel for your friend. I mean, that's mm-hmm. awesome that mm-hmm. he's so aligned with, you know, what really turns him on and, and leans into that. I will also say too, like straight up, I graduated during the Great Recession from college mm-hmm. and I had $150,000 worth of student debt. Oh my goodness. And I started my career at an ad agency, Lindsay. So <laughs> I, I, I know what that's like, but mm-hmm. <laughs> full transparency, like I walked in for the interview. I like did the damn thing. You know, I showed up as confident. I, you know, had my Ann Taylor loft suit. Stop. And I love, yes, I love it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I came in with my Ann Taylor loft suit on and I was like, I'm here, honey. You know, open doors. (laughs) But um, underneath all of the suit and everything, everything that was going on internally was a hot mess. Like, I just walked in the door feeling completely powerless Mm -hmm. and I felt like the only way to prove that I was worthy of the job because, by the way, nobody was really hiring during that time and I was paying – starting to pay off this insane amount of debt. I just felt like I had to work like an animal in order to prove how worthy I was and that Mm -hmm. I was bringing value. But what ended up happening, of course, was that I didn't trust myself. I didn't have a clear uh, practice on how to plug back into my own energy and to tap into what was going on within me. Therefore, all of my energy was focused on the validation and attention of others, aka my first boss, mm-hmm. who, of course, micromanaged me because I didn't Oof. trust myself. Yes, but yes, I hear that grunt and growl, baby, uh. but like, <laughs> I know. Often, micromanagers are simply mirroring the distrust that we have in ourselves. They don't trust us because we don't trust us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I worked like a dog, and I'll tell you, the work was not good. Like, honey, I was I was working those ad agency hours, 16-hour days. I thought I was like, ooh, they going to give me a gold start. No, they did not. I, I was producing really shitty work. Because I, there was no love behind anything I was doing. I was just doing it to get the metaphorical gold star. And in that craving of validation, uh, it, was, it was not good. It was mm-hmm. really not good. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm in $150,000 worth of debt. I, I, I was an, an A student my whole life. I, I did all the things. I checked all the boxes. And I was like, holy shit, is this what life is? After <laughs> yeah. a year of working at the ad agency. Um, I was like, this can't possibly be what life is. I would love to get like a kind of a crisp thought from from you, Nina, about what an ideal relationship with your boss should look like. Is there a definition of that? Like what should a boss be to somebody? (laughs) That's a great question. So like any other relationship in your life, the ideal is for you to feel at ease peaceful and authentic to who you are 
And that is 100% on us because we we get to make the decision. Because anytime somebody triggers us, whether it's our mom, our sister, our best friend, our boss, the colleague, the client, it's an opportunity for us to come back to ourselves and heal that within ourselves and find a way to navigate rocky waters. And so when you ask what that relationship should look like, it's going to be different for every single person. But ultimately, it's about being yourself and feeling relaxed in your own being with Mm -hmm. anyone that you come into contact with. Boss or no boss, baby. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think that's great. You should feel you shouldn't feel stressed about the idea of your boss. If you feel stressed about the idea of interacting with your boss or answering to your boss per se, then 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 it's not like a then it's not like the greatest relationship probably. Yeah, I mean, I think to that point, think about the things that just feel really easy and seamless to you and the question to ask yourself is why why is this relationship not feeling seamless and easy? And what can I do to create that for myself? Because it's not about controlling, changing, fixing anyone or yourself, really. It's just mm. about letting yourself be. How do you allow yourself to be more in any relationship? Boss, client, colleague, work in general, boyfriend, girlfriend, doesn't matter. How do you let yourself be more? Because when you relax into who you are, others will mirror that back to you. I think that is something forgotten a lot or overlooked a lot. The idea that how you present yourself to the world is reflected back to you. And if you're confident, others will will treat you as such. And if you go forth with confidence and, and competence in what you do, then others will trust you the way that you trust yourself. Yes. And like, the, the, I mean, the numbers are there to prove it as well as if you've ever done that, if you've ever successfully done that, then you know how it feels. There's a whole lot of truth behind it. Oh, yeah, there there sure is. And, um, you know, the, I think the, the point of power, I say this all the time, but the point of power is in the present moment. And it's like, how are you just showing up right now for you? If you take out the factor of other people, how are you just letting yourself be right now? Are you critical of how you're looking on Zoom? Are you critical that you said something the wrong way earlier? You used the wrong pronoun and you're afraid and all those things come up, right? Because they come up for me too. That inner dialogue is within everybody. And it's about us taking our power back to that voice, that inner voice, the critic, the inner critic, the ego. You can call it whatever you want. I like to call it the crazy bitch in the attic. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Right? But saying to that voice, you know, either shut up, no thank you, or, you know, I appreciate what you're telling me right now, but I got this at ease, baby. I'm all good, and I'm showing up exactly as I should right now, and everything is okay. Hell yeah. How would you say – so – Let's, I guess we can, can, let's go into the idea of interviews because I think that's something that I, I struggle with deeply. When I do the interview or when I was doing the interview process, I do really well on the first round over the phone. And then it's once we get in person is where I lost, I lost them all. 
So any like your work was good enough. My work was my work was good enough to spark an interest and say they're worth they're worth my time, you know, or like this candidate is worth my time. And I did a good job at holding holding conversation over holding it down on the phone. But Mm -hmm. something got lost or dropped off when I went to go to my in person interview. And a life I think some of that has to do with with my confidence level maybe. And I think just like what you two were speaking or, you know, what we were speaking about, about like, you know, if you walk with confidence and you say like, I got this, like it'll mirror back to you. So I wonder if that was part of it, but yeah, tips for tips for interviews and especially, especially now, hopefully Mm -hmm. people are getting some interviews for those who might be unemployed or, or what have you. Sure. So um, first I want to just call out and you're Nicole, you're comfortable with me using you as the example for of all course. of those? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. All right. I want to make sure I have your consent. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> great. So <laughs> earlier when you were talking about your interview style or how you interview, I verbally heard you say, I'm not good at interviewing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. First no-no there. So my question to that is, who told you that you weren't good at interviewing? Well, f- I, it would be me. But I also think I'm taking my my stats as a as an indicator of that. Like my number of interviews that I've gone on versus the number of jobs that I've gotten. Stat. Sure, and I hear you when you say that. So. Mm-hmm. Here's here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold up a mirror to you and remind you of what's true. And this is an exercise that you can come back to whenever you want is what do we know to be true? Here's what I know to be true about you, Nicole. You have a podcast. You interview people all the time. Mm-hmm. And so that's first and foremost. So when you say that I'm not good at interviewing the question to ask is, well, is that actually really true? Because I, one of my, I have a whole side hustle or a hustle in and of itself and, and something I'm deeply passionate about that's all around interviewing. This so that's very, in, Yeah, very right? true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting, right? Okay, mm-hmm. cool. So we're going we're gonna to question the original mindset. I'm not good at interviewing, but you spend a whole lot of your time interviewing. This is true. Yes. Um, <laughs> I okay. think, but I'm, isn't, that's a little different though in the sense of I'm the one interviewing versus being interviewed. But also yeah. you're being interviewed right now by I, Nina. I know. I know. <laughs> it's, but, and you're I, doing great. You're doing so you. great. Thank you so much, Nina. Um, <laughs> I do, I, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah. see, and it's, I'm clamming up a little bit now, that's but okay. I, <laughs> I, I think I also feel as though there's a little bit less pressure when I have this thing, this podcast that's, you know, we're not this is not our job. This is not some this is something that we're at at the moment. I mean, we'd like to make this something that we can maybe do full time as our job. That's maybe the like subscribe rate, you know. Yeah. And I think but there's a little less pressure when I'm doing these these types of interviews and I'm just and I'm not combating what you're saying. I'm just, you sure. know, I think I think maybe that's and perhaps I or I just feel more pressure, I think, when I go on those like the on the job interviews, especially when 
Um, especially when it's one that I know that I really want or, you know, I, I had gone on some interviews that I had gotten really excited about. And I think a lot of when you're interviewing for graphic design, they have you do like all of these, they have you do all of these test projects and you talk to a bunch of people and you get yourself very invested and it can be really, ugh, it can heartbreak. The in-person interview is kind of that, that last step and a lot, a lot of the time. So yeah. There was one one specific place that I interviewed where I I had like a phone call and then two test projects and then one in person. And mm-hmm. so I and then the in person interview was a little bit about going over my work, but more about me as a person. So they just needed to know do we like her? And I didn't I didn't get the job. So I'm that I'm I have not I something happens something happens to me and I'm a likable person I think but something happens when I get when I sit down in the chair and it's like focus on me and it's like people are asking me questions that I clam up or I say maybe the wrong thing sometimes I don't know yes not only do I hear you my love I feel you in my heart on a very deep level I really feel you um and I'm going to come back to something that we talked about earlier, which is that when you've had anyone in your life that's curious about you, that asks you questions, that wants to know more about you, um, you usually feel a positive uh, vibe towards them because, you know, who wouldn't want to engage with somebody who's interested in learning more about them? So my point in bringing up the concept that you have a podcast and you interview people all the time and it's something that actually comes really natural to you. Mm -hmm. Um, My recommendation to you in the next interview that you may have, whether it's on the podcast or with an employer, is how do you topsy-turvy that situation and do what you're already doing as your passion and your hustle and turn that into the interview where you interview them and you get curious about who they are and their career trajectory, just like you asked me questions, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. So I just, I recommend that to you, but really when we get down to it, this is all about your own mindset and what you're willing to believe about yourself and what's actually true. Because to your point about the place you really wanted to work, that you felt like, you know, everything was done, you checked all the boxes, you got to the final interview and it was based on your personality. Do we actually know if that's true or is that something that that, that you're assuming? I'm I'm definitely assuming it. Um but I okay. I I do feel as I I I feel as though that's what it was based on the questions that they were asking me. Um, very little. The uh, there was a very small portion of the time that we talked about my actual credentials and my the the test projects that I had done, and when we were talking about the design and like everything like that, it was a lot of praise. And then they were asking me things like, you know, if. If you're too, if your parents could were celebrities, who would they be? Or if you were an animal, who would you, what kind of animal would you be? Things to try and gauge who I was as a person. You know, would they like sit, being in an office with me, you know, all year round? Sure. So. Yeah. I mean, I just want you to, the, the point of all of this is to really question your beliefs and mm-hmm. ask yourself, 
what's really true here because there's so many factors that are outside of your control, but what you can control is your own mindset and you can control you know, taking good care of yourself and asking yourself, being inquisitive with yourself and showing up for yourself as your own best friend in this scenario. Because what would you say to your best girlfriend who was in a similar situation? What would you say? I, I, you have to just, I mean, if, if someone had, if my friend had just come out of that interview and, or had just gotten word that they didn't get the job, Mm -hmm. I would just say, you know, like take it with a grain of salt or use this to, to you know how do you take this and move on to your next interview um with something to learn or so you know yeah and I also think it's like ask yourself it's I because I think I think it's a matter of um and correct me correct me if I'm like way off base Nina but I think it's like in those moments if you just reaffirm to yourself that it was their loss Mm -hmm. like and that you or or it just wasn't meant to be like there's something better out there for you if you you know that's a, probably a p- more positive way of looking at it but it's you are a capable designer you're a great human and you've got a great personality at least I think so mm-hmm. um and it's important that you know so mm-hmm. uh and so reminding yourself of those three things coming out of a no and like we're creatives we get no all of the time all of the time and so it's something that we kind of have to callous ourselves to strengthen ourselves to and keep reminding ourselves that it's not that we're it's not if anytime we get a no it it can't be it can't be that it's like a tarnish to us because because this is just because then we would just get it all the time and we'd be crying all the time (laughs) we have to just keep keep up strong and remind ourselves that we're capable, we're talented, and I'm good at what I do. And I, and I mean, I think you're a great company. So <laughs> thanks. So I mean, yeah. Yes. I mean, everything that you just said is, is lovely and divine yeah. and so true. And I'm going to drop a, a deep truth bomb for you that you can marinate on going into, you know, the rest of your day is that when you recognize that you are life and your life is unfolding exactly as it's supposed to, then the things that you want the most, like that job, the promotion, the perfect boss, all those things, it's that that desire, that like desperation of, oh, I want that so bad, it releases, it softens, it's surrendered in that when you know that you're, you are life and you can trust yourself and you can trust life, then what's for you will never go by you. I think it's, it's like taking the, not like taking the pressure out of it, but like also like just refocusing your perspective on what success is. Our father in particular at, at some point stopped climbing the ladder not because it wasn't offered to him, but because he loved what he did in the moment. And if he t- if he decided to take a promotion, it would become more management instead of doing what he loves to do. Mm-hmm. And instead of taking a promotion, he wanted to continue to do what he loved to do. Yeah. This is what you said reminded me of that. And taking the idea of what success is. I mean, success is if you if you've lived a successful life at the end of the at the end of your life, you're going to be like, am I happy? Not how much money did I make? Not how many promotions did I get? It's going to be like, was I a happy human? Did I live a meaningful life for me? Um, and and I think that kind of leads me into 
a question of what how would you define a career or how would you define success in your career yeah success in your career is in my opinion is very much correlated to what it means to be a success in life and what that means to me is how did i show up for myself how did i honor my time really feeling connected not only to myself, but also mindfully connected with others, building relationship, and really focusing my attention on what I love. Because when you focus your attention on what you love and you you spend the majority of your days doing what you love, then there's no challenge that can come your way that you can't transcend. Because when you have love backing you, you can tackle it all. I know that sounds corny, but it is so true because so much of what I do is, I, you know, I work, uh, I have a private practice. I work one-on-one with clients, but I'm also the first ever in-house mindful business and sales coach at Vivo, the music video company. And mm-hmm. I work with so many, you know, top executives there and, you know, big money makers. And we're constantly looking at how do we focus our attention on what you love to do? Because there's always going to be challenges. There are always going to be sticky relationships. There's always going to be the toxic boss. There's always going to be something that triggers us. But if you focus on what you love, then those things don't have as much power anymore. And you're really spending the majority of your day, therefore your life, doing what you love and honoring yourself. That's success. Mm-hmm. That's a real career. And I'm thinking about, you know, it takes maybe some wiggling around to actually f- land in the spot of which you are in that, not peak, but just that zen ah, moment in your <laughs> career where you're like, this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is where I'm singing. And it's okay to pivot and not be where you started and change paths and change careers a couple times Mm -hmm. to find that spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, y- hell yes, because I will tell you, I didn't even get to tell you guys this, but so I, I started my career working at an ad agency in media, and then I was there for a year, Les Miserables, as I had explained to the both of you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to go work because I, rec- I was like, okay, what do I love? And I've always loved entertainment, and I got a job working in marketing for the happiest brand on earth, Disney. Oh, oh wow. I love Disney. Yeah, love Disney. Got and they there. didn't scoop you up for a voiceover artist or anything. I know, right? Oh, girl. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you. I, I love a good compliment. I love a good affirmation. Um, but yeah, I went to go work for the happiest brand on earth. And my darlings, let me tell you, three weeks in, I landed myself right back with another micromanaging boss. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't heal that within myself before I moved on. I just said, F the ad, this ad agency. I'm going to go work for Disney and marketing and I'm going to be a big shot and I'm going to – and I did. I learned so much there. But I'm telling you, three weeks in, I was like with another toxic relationship with a boss. So at that point, I had recognized, okay, there's a common denominator here. Guess what? It's me. <laughs> yeah. It's me. Um, and then that's really when I embarked on my mindfulness journey. I started meditating. I really started – uh, speaking to myself in a more loving way. I uh, started really imagining what I wanted. And, you know, yes, sometimes it's sticky, but the truth is, is that during that time when I started practicing mindfulness 
and really learning to love myself more, I really plugged into what is it that I loved when I was an eight-year-old girl. And what I came to during my meditation, one of my many upon many meditations was when I was eight years old, my dream was to work at Rolling Stone magazine because I grew up performing and singing and doing theater and playing the piano. And I just love entertainment, pop culture, music, all of that good stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not shitting you. Within a couple of weeks, I had a friend and a mentor that worked at Rolling Stone magazine, picked up the phone, called me and said, I'm getting a promotion. I'm moving to New York. Do you want to take my job here at Rolling Stone in Los Angeles? Oh, my God. I didn't have to do a thing except wow. for get clear about what I love and treat myself nicely. And I meditated and I journaled and I just held the vision of what it is that I love. Oh my gosh. I do think that plays a role into life. Think positively, have that vision in your mind and just, yeah, if you fill yourself with positive vibes and and comfort and confidence, it can take you places. Putting it out in the universe and just thinking this is this is maybe like the law of attraction and the power of manifestation. Obviously, you don't want to put all of your cookies in that basket or maybe not obviously. I don't like to put all of my cookies in that basket and you can't just wish for it to happen and it happens. You do have to put in the work. Also, it, I think it really helps to align your body and soul with the notion of what you really want because if you feel good about it, then it's probably what you really want deep down on the insides. You know what I mean? If you can find that harmonious vibration in yourself of yes. like, this is my next big goal. This is what I really want. Like I get really excited. I feel butterflies inside of myself when I think about it. I just want to sit in this feeling for a second and really put it out into the universe and and continue to do work for it afterward. There's just more. I mean, I see, I feel as though more things come to me in that way. You know what I mean? A thousand percent. I mean, and to your point, it's not that you just, it's not that I just manifested the job at Rolling Stone, right? It was that <laughs> This, yes, I got the. I, yes, I, I took the position at Rolling Stone and on paper, glamorous, darlings, glamorous. I mean, <laughs> I, I traveled. I, I, you know, I was in my 20s and I had an, you know, a team assistant and somebody picking up my phone and just all the things, all the things. And there was a lot of, there were challenges too. There were challenges, but I never stopped doing the work, meaning that coming back to myself honoring myself by doing a two-minute meditation before I got to the office or taking a break to have a lunch with a girlfriend, right? Continuing to show up for myself while I was in that role, which, you know, I almost worked there for about, I think it was almost five years. And I got to a place where I was like, okay, well, now I'm not happy again, right? Because that thing, it always happens where it's like, we get the thing, we think we want it, and then we're not, then it's like, okay, well, I got it, now what, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I had maintained, you know, a sustained level of happiness for a while until that ended because it's all temporary. The happiness is temporary. The struggling is temporary. And I recognized that I was like, well, in order for me to receive the next opportunity that's right for me, I really have to be in gratitude. I have to every day continue my practice of mindfulness, continue showing up for myself and additionally recognizing every day what it is that's not wrong with the current job, which is to my point of, you know, what I work with with my clients a ton is what's not wrong right now? Because let's focus our attention on what's working for us so that we can really leverage our time in that arena rather than focusing our attention on, on you know, the shitty stuff. Mm -hmm. so 
I really uh, dug into my gratitude practice and just like that, Vivo came calling. I'm, I'm telling you, I cannot make this shit up. If I can do this, anybody can do this. In that gratitude practice, in the mindfulness practice, Vivo came calling. They wanted me to come and work for them in brand partnerships, working with movie studios on helping them market their films, coupling them with music videos. And just like that, I went over there and I, I mean, I was th the leader of brand partnerships at the organization and I had was doing coaching on the side doing soulful career coaching on the side until finally during, in the middle of a pandemic, I said, Vivo said to me, listen, we, you know, here's the deal. We're in the pandemic. Things are hard. And I said, not a problem. Here's how I can be of service. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Our team needs in-house mindfulness business coaching. And just like that, I alchemized what I was doing in brand partnerships in advertising and alchemized that brought my side hustle and my deep passion of what I love in working with people in this way of looking at career and using it as the doorway to our own happiness. And now I'm doing that as that, their first ever in-house coach at the corporate company that hired me to do something completely different. Yeah. So there is something to be said for it's all going to be sticky. Everyone's pivoting. We're all in the dance together. And if we refocus our attention on what we love, it will get you everything you want and more. Because I oh, could yeah. never imagine my, my, my present moment. I couldn't imagine this. This is far beyond what I ever pictured for my future. That happens more often than not yeah. with everyone. The idea that you're going to be happy doing what you're the same thing for the rest of your life is unrealistic and yeah an old an old notion that we need to move past from like it's not that doesn't work for everyone that may work for some people but it doesn't work for everyone I don't know it's not going to work for me I'm someone that I like change I like trying new things and I'm definitely going to do a bunch of things in my lifetime like start a podcast or whatever but I think when you start to feel tiresome of what you're doing that's just the universe's way of telling you like okay it's start it's time to start thinking about maybe what's next it's time to start thinking about what you want to learn next or what are the next challenges in your life that you would be excited about. Yes, exactly. I mean, this conversation surely comes full circle because ultimately it just comes back to loving yourself enough to check in with where you're at, recognizing that our identities and what we love shifts constantly. And how wonderful is that, that we're constantly evolving? And instead of putting ourselves down for shifting from one thing to the next, we can just accept and love ourselves and come home to who we are and applaud ourselves for evolving and cheer ourselves on and do so in a mindful way where we come back to the moment. And I mean, that's really, it's really rather simple to me because that's what I teach is you know, love yourself more and practice mindfulness. That yeah. and that's really what's worked for me. So, on another note, I think every every business should have a mindful career coach on staff. Period. Amen. Hallelujah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Vivo's doing something really right there, for sure. <laughs> so, I think I think now is kind of a good time to move on to we had we got a couple questions from from our social posts, but someone had asked, how do you know the right career path for you? It all comes back to you. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself, what did I love when I was eight years old? 
Mm-hmm. What do I spend most of my time doing now where I get lost? You know, when time just flies by and you're really enjoying yourself. It's really thinking about, actually, sometimes I'd rather say less thinking, more being. That's mm-hmm. really it. Sit with yourself. Allow yourself to try a meditation practice because when you come back to who you are and allow there to be a little bit of quiet, the answers are right there within you. It is, it is less thinking and more just like thinking, where does my heart, you say this all the time, how does my heart hum? Mm-hmm. And where well, do I, 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 didn't, I didn't say that. Shonda Rhimes. Um, oh, it's a quote. It's a quote from Shonda Rhimes. That's okay. Love- you you can pull from you can pull from Shondaland. I appreciate that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So another question: Why, when you're stressed, does three tasks feel like a million? And how can you help simplify it? Take a damn break, baby. <laughs> I mean, if you're feeling stressed, that's that's the red flag opportunity. Going, hey, hey, something's going on here. That's that's the soul going. You're really, you're either freaked out, scared, or you're not paying enough attention to yourself. Mm. When you're stressed and the three tasks feel like a million, that's that's the soul saying, get outside for some fresh air, show up as your own best friend, go for a walk, call your mom, have some water, allow yourself a moment to breathe. And in doing that type of self-care and showing up for yourself, just notice how you feel afterwards. I also, too, when I'm stressed, a lot of my stress comes I, – I, I get angry. I'm, I'm fiery. I don't, not like you <laughs> couldn't tell that I'm, I'm fiery. But yeah. <laughs> when I, I, get, I get pissed, things tick me off. I go for a stomp walk. I literally will go outside and I will stomp for two blocks. I'll listen to some like, you know, really – I'll listen to like some hip-hop, something mm-hmm. – a good deep cut with some bass, honey. And I will <laughs> stomp it out and I will let my titties shimmy while I stomp. I don't care. And we have to wear masks now, so I'll curse underneath my mask. Mm-hmm. And I literally – I take a break to let any frustration – work itself through my body and get out, get out of my body. And the second, it's like anytime if you've ever seen a doggy who gets like when dogs get scared, they like do a shimmy shake. They like uh-huh. literally shake off the fear and stress. That's the stomp walk. Give yourself permission to be silly, to stomp down the block, to shimmy your titties, to do a dance, to take a break. Because often you just need to like shift the energy through your bod and let things lay where they are. Mm-hmm. 100%. That reminds me of when, when back when I was in school, I went to an art school and we would have six hour long classes and we would do an hour and then a 10 minute break and then another hour and then a 10 minute break. And you can just use that time however you want. But I do feel it helped with productivity. Right. Right. Because when you honor yourself in that way, when you take a break... It's just, that's real, that's true love. Mm -hmm. A 10-minute work break is you showing yourself true love, and that will sustain you for the rest of the day, tackling the three tasks. It's like nothing can get in your way when you show up for yourself with love. I feel like a lot of people may be like, I can't take a walk. My boss is going to think I'm just going for a jolly old walk. You are in charge of you, and you get to decide you get to decide what you need. And if you need a five minute walk or a 10 minute walk or a 20 minute break for a coffee, that is 
nothing. The quality of your work is the most important thing. And so if this is what you need to do to do your quality work and be happy doing it, happiness is is why we're here. Uh, And if you're not happy going throughout your day, like you said before, if you're not happy with your day-to-day life, then what are we doing? Then something's off and you need to redirect and refocus because that's the most important thing. You shouldn't have to go through life 90, 99% of the time because work is such a big part of your life. Your career is such a big part of your life. Yes. And so if you're not happy doing what you're doing, like it's you gonna, said, what are we gonna doing? It's going to bleed through. Yeah. Oh, it, and it certainly does bleed through. I guess the last thing I'll say about that is that anyone who struggles like with like, oh, is my boss going to think that, you know, I'm going for a walk and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm jerking off. I'm not doing I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Often I notice not only for myself but for my clients as well is that when you feel solid about the choices that you're making, nobody clocks you. I know that sound that may sound bonkers, but if you energetically are like right on, I feel so good about what I'm doing, nobody nobody will say shit to you. I I, I know that may be controversial to some, but try it. If <laughs> if it's really authentic, try it and see what happens. Yeah. I feel like if you need it, if you know that you need it, you need to take it. Whether and and if if your way of working doesn't align cuz I think there are some companies out there that are like you need to be at your desk for this amount of time or you need to be like, I need to see you working, then maybe that's, you know, not the company for you. And it that, and that's why it's so important to ask those questions, I, I think, in an interview. What's the work culture like? What do you look for in your employees? Because you want to make sure that your morals align with the company's morals. A thousand percent. Because when, I mean, and then this goes back to the interview. I think you can take a little power back in knowing that you're interviewing them as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly what I was just going to say for Nicole because those types of questions are coming, showing up being like, I'm going into this interview and I'm going to interview these people because I need to – not only are you – it's like – actually, this is a great tip that could serve you. I, I've always done this in my career. Anytime where I went in for an interview, uh, afterwards, I always journal about how I feel and if I could give a grade to the person that was interviewing me, what grade would I give them? Because that shifts the power dynamic for you. It's very subtle within yourself. Obviously, they're not going to know that you're doing this. Right. But it's an exercise for you to take your power back because it's not only are you a good fit for them, but honey, are they a good fit for you? And like I said earlier, what's for you won't pass you by. Factor in like a, a little journaling exercise or a moment on your calendar for five minutes after you're done with your conversations to really sit down and be like, how did I feel in that? Did I feel energized? Did sitting with that person weigh me down? Would I actually want to hang out with them? If I could give them a grade, would it be an A minus? Would it be a C minus? Like, do I want to interface with this person on a regular basis? And and that shift, although subtle, is uh, it's, it's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that made me feel better and felt more prepared, uh, made me feel more prepared or more comfortable going into my interviews was, you know, sitting down and mapping out talking points and kind of giving reasons why you should hire me. This is why I would kick kick ass at this job and sort of writing down those positive affirmations. But also it helped it helped knowing if I ever get too nervous, I can refer back to my notes mm. and all of those things. So taking some time before before the interview and taking some time after the interview, yeah, then decompress and say, how did that feel? And yeah, like as you said, 
interviewing give, them. And yeah, like how to, how well what I didn't report do, card would you give them? Yeah, I think that's, and yeah. that's something that I didn't do before. So something power in that moment and and reminding yourself that my thoughts on the matter because you could you could have gone through all of those rounds and then got there and been like this is not the and there were some company for me there were some you know you just know off the bat after you know take after spending well i i say that you know off the bat but it's also you can't know right off the bat you and that's hard i'm I'm so jaded from interviews after all of my experience because i'm like how could you really know know someone who they're how they're going to be after just a 15, 20 minute converse, in person conversation, um, even an hour conversation, it's just, it's, they're gonna, you know, as you grow with them, as they come in the company, as, you know, that the whole, you know, veil of the interview process is gone, it, things, things are always a little bit different than what you or- originally saw, you know, mm-hmm. in the interview. But there were some companies that I did go into that I was just like, mm, I don't think this is where I wanna be, just based off of, how I was handled or treated throughout the process. But yeah, interviews, man. <laughs> yeah, you're a pro at them. Cause... Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a time. It was a journey. It was tough for you, I remember. Yeah, I was interviewing for a year and for like viciously and like, mm. like hustily trying to find a new job and, apl- and applying and... I just think taking kidding. back the power of it, it's for you as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, not that you're really looking. I'm right not now, I'm not looking now. I feel the place where I'm at now is a good place for me for the time being. And that may change as, you know, I grow as I grow in my career. Yeah. And, you know, I'm mm-hmm. you know, we're this is this is point B on my train. Um, this is only my second big girl job. So who knows what's to come if I choose to go maybe a different way at some point. And I'm sure I'm sure what I'm trying to say is I'm sure. This that in, last interview that I had wasn't the last interview I'm ever going to have. That's right. And these are all tips that we'll take with me. And I'm and I, you know, as I like what you said, what's not meant to pass you by won't pass you by, or that <laughs> yeah, what's for that, you won't, won't pass what's you. for you won't pass you by. So I I do think um, that is true. Like that's just like a great comfort saying. If you truly commit to that idea, I feel like I've committed. Like I believe everything happens for a reason, and if it's meant to be, it will be. And if it and if it didn't happen, then it wasn't meant to be, and that's okay. Um, right. And the next and the next thing that it, and the thing that's for you will eventually make its way to you. And there's I I find extreme comfort in that always. Yeah. Even like when I was interviewing for the job that I had now, that I have now, I really wanted it specifically because I really appreciated the conversations that I was having with the humans that I was meeting. But even in those, like I, I consciously made the decision to not get all worked up about, you know, am I going to get it? Oh, I hope they like me or all of those things, because I'm like, if it if it's not meant to be, then that's just that. And the next and there's something else out there for me. Um, yes. And that really gave me a lot of comfort in the interview process and just like took a lot of pressure. It takes a lot of pressure off of the interview process Mm -hmm. for sure. Okay. So one more question and then we'll kind of, uh, we'll go into our last little segment. Our last question that we pulled from our Instagram is how can I stop shutting down and or procrastinating when I'm feeling overwhelmed? When we're procrastinating, it's really just our bodies, minds, souls saying, Hey hun, time for a break, time to take a little break um, and get a different vibe going so that then you can come back fresh 
So that would be my personal recommendation. Also, too, sometimes procrastinating is a little bit of that uh, inner saboteur where we self-sabotage. So that's also another opportunity to investigate, you know, what what old habits are you allowing to get in your way um, of being truly fabulous and showing up in your role the way that you really want to? And I guess the last thing I'll say about that is are you doing something that you love? Because often we procrastinate when we're taking on tasks that we really don't want to do and could likely delegate to someone else. I love that idea of like, it's okay to delegate something like a task to somebody else if you need to, like figuring out who might be a little more excited to take that task. Yes. Not only is it empowering for us, but then you never know. It's like one man's trash may be another man's treasure, treasure. right? Yeah, for sure. 100%. It's, the same, it's the same thing because often the things that I don't like to do, um, when I delegate them to someone else on the team, it actually improves their skill set. It up-levels them. It's something they can add to their resume. And generally, the people who are ambitious and hungry to feel fulfilled get excited about those types of opportunities. Love it. Okay. So one thing that we like to do at the end of our episodes, get peachy clean. We would love it if you could maybe think of something that you would like to confess, whether that be something naughty that you did or just anything that you would maybe like to come clean about and share with the listeners. Something, something funny that you'd like to come clean yeah. about. And mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be, you know, soulful career related. It could just, or it could be, you know, open, 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 open interpretation. Table. Well, okay, sure. This is naughty and something. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yes, naughty. And it is career oriented. So um, in during my in my career journey, I interviewed at a um, at at Turner at T- Turner Broadcast mm-hmm. Network um, to work there. This was early in my career, and I met with some really amazing people. And uh, net net, I, I went in, I, I nailed the gig. They offered me the job, but I had to refuse the job, and I'll tell you why. And it's a little. It's embarrassing and naughty. So the man that I was going to be working for was a gorgeous. I mean, <laughs> a gorgeous, like so cute that and I, I I have the gift of gab. I love talking to people and connecting with them. But like I found myself every time when I was talking to him that like my heart was beating really fast or like um, I was, and I could not control how flirty I was being. And I'm just a natural flirt in general. But I really had to think about whether I was go if the job taking that job and working for somebody who I just thought was so stunningly beautiful, if that would actually be productive uh, for me <laughs> and my career. And I, I mean, I ended up not taking the job, and that wasn't the whole reason why I didn't accept the offer, but it was a big one because I recognized that that just, I would have just been like waiting for him underneath his desk every day just to like, (laughs) I really, I really was like, I I can't work for this person because I can't, I won't be able to show up as my best self and I will be constantly performing. And that's not the way to show up as your authentic self. But I still know that guy. Um, He's still gorgeous and much older now, but still gorgeous. And um, I'm really, I'm really proud of myself at a young, you know, really, it was my second, it was my second big girl job opportunity to use, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. your vernacular, but uh, (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I'm really proud of myself that uh, I didn't end up taking that role because it wouldn't have served me and I wouldn't have shown up as my best self in it. So I hope that that's naughty enough. No, for yeah, you. that was totally perfect. I guess one last thing that we can just ask before signing off real quick, is there anything else that you would like to say um, mm-hmm. about the topic soulful careers before um, before we say goodbye? Anything that we haven't covered yet um, or you'd like to draw attention to? Yeah, I mean, I think we talked so much about it, but I'll come back to it just to add the cherry on top, wrap it up in a fabulous pink bow, is that, you know, all of our challenges and experiences and our work, it always comes back to us, which is such a beautiful opportunity for us to connect within, um, get curious about what our beliefs are, um, and really question what's true and what's not true and come home to ourselves. And I talk all about that constantly um, on my Instagram. So if any of your listeners are interested in diving in deeper um, around what it means to show up more soulfully in your career and therefore in your life, um, they can scoot on over and follow me at, at Nina Sasan. And um, I would love to be of service continue to be of service to you gals and to any of your listeners. And that's really the goal is, you know, how can I help and um, help make other people's lives feel more fun, at ease and joyful. That's it. We'll put, you know, all of all of all your of the, links, all of Nina's and links, in all the of show your notes info below. in the show notes, and she'll be all over our Instagram. So definitely, yeah, go give her a follow. We've recently found you within the last like couple months, and I, I love, I love, love looking at your content. on mm-hmm. your, your content There's and like constant little reminders to treat yourself well and how to treat yourself well throughout your day. It's perfect. It's exactly what it's exactly the little things that you need throughout your day. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate that. I'm so honored to be part of the podcast and to have such a an enlightening conversation with you both that just felt easy and fun, like all relationships should be. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So thank you so much for tuning in, Peaches. This has been a really exciting and fun and different kind of episode, and we hope that you learn something from it and step away from this episode and treat yourself with kindness and start really being yourself your best friend for yourself as always if you could please please like and subscribe follow us on instagram let's talk underscore peaches check check out our website let's talk peaches.com and leave us a review we really want to know your feedback we really want to hear any constructive criticism that you have any topics you want us to cover let us know but anywho until next time bye peaches bye peaches bye peaches yes Yes.